Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Woodland Life Center. Thank you for making the choice to join us today for worship. Want to invite everybody to come on in and find a seat. We got a lot going on today, and uh, we want to get our party started. I, I, I know I say that a lot. Today is a, is a little... Uh, going to be a little bit more of an emotional party uh, for, you know, maybe for Sarah and I in particular, as uh, this is our last Sunday with our daughter here. She'll be heading off to Nashville on Tuesday, and um, I know some of you have crossed this bridge before. You've, you've already had children move on. This is our first, uh, so any any uh, emotional or any kind of support anybody wants to offer us, uh, we're, we're open to it. We're open to it. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful morning. I, I, I want you to, um, I, I want to prepare you for it. We, we are going to have a, a worship-centric morning. Um, you'll see papers and, and pens laying around on chairs. Uh, you're going to be interacting uh, with those during the worship time. You'll get instructions on how to do that when, when the time is right. Um, but as we're engaging the presence of the Lord today, I, I, I want to encourage you, I want to urge you to worship Him today in spirit and in truth. Engage Him today. Open up your hearts to Him today. Um, Let's let him do whatever it is that he longs to do in us and through us today. Uh, I hope that you will take the opportunity that is before you today. I'm going to choose to do that, and I, and I hope that you will do the same. I hope you also received one of these on your way in. It's a helpful tool for knowing what's happening around here. Please take some time to look through that. And if you're looking for more information, you can go to our website, woodlandlifecenter.com, uh, where there is uh, even more detail offered as to the things that are coming. After our service today, we have an all-church dinner, potluck dinner, um, honoring uh, our two worship leaders as, as they are ending uh, today. Not just Mia, who's heading to Nashville, but Todd, our main worship leader, is retiring after today. Um, so again, just a whole lot going on today, um, but I know their heart's desire, and I will just steal a little bit of their thunder, their heart's desire is that you will center yourselves on Christ, that you will turn your eyes towards him, set your heart on, and mind on things above, and, and let's worship him today in spirit and in truth. Stand with us. And as you're doing that, I, I want to encourage you to, to shake two or three hands that are near you, especially someone that you don't know. Get to know a name, and let's, let's be a community in worship today.
Hope y'all got your morning coffee today. Ready? quite awake yet. Good morning. Good morning. You may be seated. I just want to uh, warn you this morning, there's going to be lots of getting up and getting down. So you might want to stretch out a little bit. Might want to do a few, uh, whatever these are called. Uh, there's going to be potentially lots of getting up and down. What I want to ask right now is that everyone grab a, a piece of paper that we prepared for you and there are there are others available there's pens available um, on some seats that aren't maybe around there's some extras up here who does not have one uh-huh 
I know some of you out there, I'm, I'm not doing this. I don't write in church. Okay, that's cool. Um, that if you need a pen, a paper, what we want to do this morning, we just want to kind of have a continual conversation with God. We want to give you opportunities to write, to draw, to whatever you want to do. This is your time with Him. Um, but I just want to start our morning off with adoration. I want to start our morning off with looking up. Start our morning off with getting your eyes up and out of whatever is going on in your world. So let's do that now. Father, we commit this day and this time and these moments to you. We open up our hearts and our hands and our future and our finances and what you want to do with our family and this community and this church. And right now, Jesus, we take time to exalt you in our heart and our mind as our king. As the one who is over and above and beside and behind and through everything. Colossians 1.15 says that you, Jesus, are supreme over everything that we can see and everything we can't see. So we take our rightful place right now at your feet. Will you take a moment now just to write on your paper, fill in that blank, write 15 words. Who is he to you this morning? God, you are. Right away. loves to hear your heart. He loves to hear what you think about him. Father, you're worthy of our trust. You're solid. You're a rock. And you're big. And that I'm, I praise you, Father, that you are also the God of the small. Our cells, our mitochondria, 
things we can't see. Oh, creatures of our God and King, we lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh, praise Him. Hallelujah.
Amen. I'm wondering if you just want to shout out maybe something from your sheet of paper. God, you are, tell me, you are beautiful, loving, provider, protector, faithful, savior, healer, redeemer, amazing, disciplinarian. Wow. Did you notice I had issues saying that word? Anybody else? I didn't hit that one, but you did. Our creator, truthful, father, light, he is. Isn't it cool that we can all be together as his believers? Listen to each other. Come now, fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy grace. His mercy. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Loudest praise.
listen right here. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the full of God. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the full of God. Sing that one more time, church. Jesus seated. Anybody raise their Ebenezer today? We'll talk a little bit about that, but before we get to that, we've been um, in 1 Samuel, kind of tracking Eli's journey and then ultimately Samuel's journey. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, we have a pretty dramatic event that takes place. The Philistines who had been battling against Israel for a long time and will continue to battle against Israel for a long time. Uh, the Philistines and the Israelites are lined up against one another. Eli is an old man. In fact, the description of this old man is he's really old and he's really big. He's, he's really large. And he's already been told by God in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2 that that God is going to rip away um, from his family, from Eli's family, the ability to serve as priests. It's, it's imminent. And included in that prophecy to, to Eli was that both of his sons were going to die on the same day. The battle lines are drawn, and the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, comes and and when the Ark of the Covenant shows up on the scene, all of Israel just begins to shout in praise. You find this in chapter 4. When it comes to worship, church, I, I, I want to share three quick points to why we worship. And three quick points to why we raise our hands up in praise. The first one, I think, comes from this part of the story where all of Israel begins to shout in praise as, as the presence of God arrives. Because, you know why? He just simply deserves our praise for who he is. 
In fact, the tragedy of this story is they, all of Israel assumes that because they're shouting and praise and because the ark of God has shown up on the scene that there's going to be victory, but there's absolutely terrible defeat in this story. Much of the Israel army is routed, including Eli's two sons. Now, I, I, I just want to say to us that some of us in here may have a temptation, maybe it's a tendency to only praise God in the good times. But I want to remind us today that he is worthy of our praise regardless, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how good things are or how bad things are. Because he is God, he deserves our praise. When Eli hears the report that Israel has been routed and that his two sons have died, he almost is able to tolerate that information, but then he finds out the worst thing. The Ark of the Covenant has been stripped away from Israel and is in the Philistines' hands. And at that point, he falls off of the chair he's sitting on, breaks his neck, and he dies out of grief. About for the next 20 years, and this is chapters 5 and 6, for about the next 20 years, the Ark of the Covenant sort of travels around, and, and it hangs out with the Philistines for a while, but they got to get rid of it pretty quickly because the longer they're holding on to it, whoever's holding on to it, uh, God strikes them with, with boils, with, with tumors, um, and, and they get in, uh, attacked by rats. It's just, it's just all these things happen to the people. Whoever has the ark, whatever community inside of the community of, of the Philistines. So they get rid of the ark, and it ends up back in, in Israel's care. And in, and in 1 Samuel chapter 7, the battle lines get drawn one more time. Philistines and the Israelites. And now Samuel is the one that is serving as judge over Israel. And his credibility is extremely high. All of Israel pays attention to what he says. And Israel asks for the Ark of the Covenant to be brought into the, into the, 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 the army once again. And Samuel's like, you know what? If you want that to happen, if, if you want God to fight for you, if, if you want success, if you want God to do his thing for you, you're going to have to surrender your idols, the other things that, that you have taken on and, and have used for worship, you're going to have to surrender them and worship the Lord your God only. Now imagine for a moment that you're walking down the street in a foreign land. What, you, pick, you pick the country, I don't care. But you're walking down a, a street in a foreign land and you see somebody near you and they're doing this. My guess would be the first thing that comes to your mind is not, oh, they're praising Jesus. You're going to start looking around for the officer with the gun. Because this is, this is a sign of surrender, right? This is a sign of surrender. Eli tells Israel, if, if, if you want God to fight for you, if you, want, if you want a different result from what happened 20 or so years ago, the last time we drew these battle lines, you better surrender 
And so they do, they listen, and they do. And a great uh, victory ensues. And it's such a great victory that the end of the story is this. Eli raises up an Ebenezer. End of chapter 7, look it up. The, the word is in there. It's in the Bible, believe it or not. It's not just Dickens, okay? It's not just Ebenezer Scrooge here. Eli raises up an Ebenezer, and, and the word means because God helped us. You see, when we worship, I think three, there, there could be three different reasons, and perhaps there's more, but because I'm a preacher, I, I talk in threes, okay? We praise him because he deserves our praise. And sometimes we take this position because it's a position of surrender. Because we just, we just need to unload whatever's hindering us, whatever's holding us back, whatever's causing us to sin. This is a position of surrender. And some, in, with their worship, they, they, just, they just need to let it go. And sometimes we need to raise up an Ebenezer, a testimony, a testimony to the fact that God has been with us, to the fact that God has helped us, that he has been our strength. Church, this is, this is why we do what we do. It's not just because we like music or we like good sounding music or we like this kind of instrument or that kind of particular song. He's worthy. We need to surrender and we need to offer testimony to what God has done, to what God is doing now, and we even testify by faith with what he is going to do. I implore us, church, to engage in that today. Let's worship. We also want to participate through worship in, in, in the giving of our tithes and offerings. So I want to invite our ushers to move into place. Because he's worthy, we worship through surrender. And even the giving of our offerings and our tithes is a testimony to his provision provision that has come, that has come and will come. So Jesus, we honor you today with our gifts. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Doug, we're going to do the Ebenezer verse again. Who wants to see Mackenzie sign Ebenezer? Come on. She, she has no idea. <laughs> okay. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by the Jesus sought me 
mention that I'm retiring. And if you see my gray hair, you understand why. I'm way older than I look. And I've been doing this since 1995. And I started standing behind a big pulpit, waving my arms. And some of you are going to be like, amen, go back to that. And can it be? I could not play the guitar and sing at the same time. And God has changed me. God has used me. And God has grown me. And he can do that with you. There's things in your life that you can't sing and play the guitar at the same time right now. You don't feel like you can raise two kids at the same time right now. He can change you. He can use you. This is not about us this morning. It's about what Jesus has done in us. And I do want to acknowledge this morning my friend Eliza Miller. You guys, since she has been 10 years old, she has stood next to me on this stage. And God has used her. And God has changed her. And God has grown her up and will continue to do that. And she always comes late to practice. (laughs) And I love her for it. Even this morning, I said to Mia, is Eliza coming? And she goes, well, she just texted me and she asked if she was on a worship team this morning. Tell her to get her butt here right now. (laughs) this is my Eliza Miller song it's a prayer
take your piece of paper so we get our eyes up we say God you are this you are big and then we look at ourselves in an attitude of confession and we say God you are this but Father I am this I am short-sighted. I am selfish. I'm spoiled. Would you admit to him who you are today? It's good to just get it out, to admit what you already know, to admit what he already knows. Father, hear our hearts. Remind us what's true about ourselves. Remind us of what's true about you. That you, that you are God and that we are not. Remind us with our work that you are God and that we are not. Would you remind us with our church and with our pastor that you are God and that we are not? Would you remind us with our children that you are God? The Alpha and the Omega, and that we are not? Father, remind us what it means that you are our Lord. Falling on my knees in worship, I'm giving all I am to seek your face. Lord, all I am is yours. I place it in your hand, the God of mercy, humbled I bow down in your presence. 
talking about a testimony and we can have a physical testimony like this 
We can have a testimony of words to our friends. We can also get up in church and have a testimony. So I was going to tell you this earlier, but I forgot. I want three people. If you have a testimony that's one minute long, I'm not joking. We would love for, we'd love to hear it. What God is doing, how you've struggled, how he has came to your rescue. And if you have a testimony, I want you to come and just sit in one of these first rows. And when it's appropriate, I will nod. And you will come up. Okay? You know if you're one of the three, so you better get moving. And I call, you answer. And you came to my rescue and I want to be where you seated. I would like to share a testimony. It's definitely longer than a minute. Uh, Sorry, Todd. I'll, I'll do the buzzer. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I want to talk about one of the most terrifying words that you could ever say to a high schooler or something you could ever talk about with a high schooler and that word is success in high school you are obviously pressured to succeed academically that's kind of the big one um but there's also a pressure to succeed in a million other areas that aren't brought up very often. Um, pressure to succeed in your relationships, your job, uh, your community service, um, looking the best, being the best at sports, scholarships, resumes, having a good relationship with your parents all the time, sleeping. There's a lot. There's a lot to worry about. There's a lot to keep in order. There's a lot of ways to succeed, and because of that, there's also a lot of ways to fail. And it is, it's hard, and it has been devastating for a lot of people around me in high school. Um, and Pastor Todd kind of spoke on this a few weeks ago. Um, but if you talk to a teenager at least, you know, a month into school at any point, say, how are you doing? They'll probably say, I'm good. And then if you ask them again, they'll say, I'm so tired. Am I right, guys? They're always tired. And the biggest part of that tiredness is trying to succeed in whatever 
area it is. And I was praying through this with, with the Lord for years, really starting my sophomore year, 10th grade. Um, I really started to feel that pressure so deeply to have this list of successes. And one day, my, my favorite high school teacher asked our class, in 30 years from now, 25, however long, when you're an adult, when you're past college, when you're living the life that you want to, free of school, what does that look like? What is your definition of life success, is how she put it. And as a little 10th grader, my immediate response was, well, you know, maybe I'll have a little house in town and whatever. I'll have a few kids and a job, maybe recording music. I don't know, whatever. I didn't really care at the time. I was super tired. It was 10 a.m. I didn't have <laughs> coffee yet. <laughs> um, but that question stuck with me throughout the next three years. And the Lord kept pushing that question on me over and over. What is your definition of success? I would get so trapped in the tiny, tiny daily successes that I was stressing about, that I was trying to keep in line. Man, I got to make sure I make it to class on time because I walked down the hall to get a snack from the vending machine and now I'm super late. It's a stressor. Oh, man, I just said something really stupid to my friend. Pressure. Oh, man, I have three tests tomorrow. Just the small things. I let myself drown in those. But anytime I would get a moment to take a break, the Lord would ask me again, Mia, in 30 years, what is your success? So the summer after sophomore year, I took my very first trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and I toured Trevecca Nazarene University. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I cried on the plane ride home. Um, I just, I felt the spirit leading me there. Um, I was like, oh, there's something here for me. I don't know what. I was still, I was still very stuck in my tiny list of little successes that I was striving for. And so I didn't really, I didn't really take it to heart, but that was an amazing trip. And so a year later, summer after junior year, my family and I went there again. We went back to Nashville. We went back to Trevecca again. And um, my parents and I met with the dean of music there and with the director of their brand new worship arts program. They didn't have it the year before. Um, we sat down with them, and my dad showed them a video of me leading worship here. And 
the director of worship arts said, wow, Mia, you have a lot of confidence. We would love to have you here at Trevecca. And he continued on describing the worship arts program, but I remember him saying, here at, at this school, in this program, we are going to challenge you with the question of who and why are you doing this? Who are you doing this for? Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for God? After that meeting, after that tour, I remember being in the car on our way back to our camper and the Lord clearly said to me, I'm calling you into ministry, calling in you into worship. And what that means is your life is not your own. That means that success for you is not your own success, but it's the kingdom's success. Success for you is not money, stability, fame. Success for you in 30 years means giving and serving. And that was confirmed for me just a few months later when I went to my very last power surge with the youth group. And the one thing I took away from it, the speaker there said that there is nothing in this world, nothing here on earth that God has made, that any man has made, that exists. There's nothing more important than people. People. You're the most important creation. And in that moment, I was like, oh, yes, yeah, so this means I don't have to stay up till 2 tonight studying for Monday because there's nothing more important than people. But it allowed me to take a step back and look at my whole life, look beyond my daily little list of successes and remind myself that my definition of success is that other people would find God. And that's it. And I'm so grateful for Pastor Todd giving me the chance to, to grow in the specific musical and worship gifts that the Lord has given me. And I hope that... Um, I thank you guys for, for watching me grow up and being okay when I fail up here and, and giving me a hug when I don't fail, but I've learned that my success isn't up here. It's here. It's you. It's the people I'm leading. It's your life. It's your heart. It's your connection with the Lord.
And so I want to challenge you this morning to look at your definition of success in your life. Is the Lord calling you to something higher, something beyond yourself, beyond your life, your needs, your successes? Because I can tell you that no GPA, no class rank that I've achieved, no scholarship that I've achieved, no whatever that my high school told me was important, none of that gives me the satisfaction that I experience when I'm leading little kids at VBS or when I see you raising your hands here or when I'm sitting in a circle with my youth group on the grass, praising the Lord. If, you're, if you are afraid of God's call on your life, if you have a fear of failure, of running into a wall, of losing everything, I can tell you from my experience that his plan for you and his will and his ideas, his call is so much more satisfactory than anything that you could come up with, anything that the enemy might be tempting you with, anything that your school tells you. I've tried both ways to find satisfaction and success. And it feels so good to follow God. It does. I just invite you to trust in that. Will you let me just sing over you for a second? You consider speaking to your Heavenly Father about what she has said. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am.
Almighty God. I lift up my sister to you. As Mia steps out into a new world, Father, we ask that you would empower her by your Holy Spirit. That you would make her into a pastor and not just a singer. Father, for Eliza and Kalika and Michael and all of our kids that are stepping into a school again. Father, we are all stepping out, maybe, in a new place. It is scary. Remind us that on the other side of fear and risk is life. As we trust you. Father, will you be in and around all of them as they go into a new world and a new horizon. We know that you will never leave them or forsake them. That, Father, you will never turn your back on them. As far as they can run, you will never leave. And as a dad, I thank you for that. So what, Father, will you walk with our kids into this new year, into new places? Would you fill them with your peace? It's okay with you, whatever comes. And we all said, Amen. I'm going to move into kind of a flavor of thanksgiving and gratitude. To be able to look back and see all the ways that he has worked. And the last thing I'll say about um, my retirement is I do, I need to publicly thank my wife. For 27 years of marriage, we have never, ever sat together in church on a regular basis. And frankly, she's tired of it. Mostly, I just want to thank her for her support. And you can only imagine what it is to have your husband say things publicly that are always appropriate. And I thank her for her grace and her support in that. We have lots to be thankful for. I'll move into that mindset after this song. We're going to have a little testimony. We're going to write good song you give life you are love you bring light to my darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken
give life, you give love, you bring light to my darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Yes, Jesus. Hodgkin's lymphoma. My dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and my husband's aunt was diagnosed with brain cancer. Immediately, I went into chemo, and after my first chemo, I had a dream, and God kept telling me, you're only going to do six chemos. You're only going to do six chemos, and I thought, yeah, that was just hopeful, wishful thinking, and um, I started going through this thing called The Healing Journey by Cindy Sherwood at the church that I was attending at the time. And I made it to all but two of the classes, and it was a nine-month class. And everybody else missed more classes than I, and I was going through my cancer, but God kept making me go. And uh, in November, we lost my dad to pancreatic cancer, and we lost Bill's aunt to brain cancer. And uh, my patient advocate made me tell my doctor about my dream. And he said, do you believe that God put me on this earth to heal you? And I said, yes, but only in six chemos. And he said, I'll tell you what, when we hit the six chemo, then we'll determine whether you're going to do two more. So my six chemo was December 1st, seven years ago. And uh, I had my chemo. I brought pumpkin donut holes and told everybody they were vegetables, so therefore they were healthy. And... I was celebrating because I knew this was my last chemo. And the last five minutes of my chemo, I had an allergic reaction, reaction to it, and I almost died. 
I couldn't breathe. They rushed me to the emergency room. That then led me to have chemical pneumitis, which blew into full-blown pneumonia. And being stubborn, I decided I was not going to the doctor until after Christmas. On our anniversary, the, January 16th, they did a biopsy and they collapsed my lung and I almost died again. And what God was telling me is, one, you now know how to hear my voice. And two, you have a purpose. I'm proving to you over and over again, your time is not done. You have something to do for me. And having a collapsed lung, I was on oxygen and prednisone for nine months. And the song was so amazing that I grasped onto that. In May of that following year, I was cancer-free. I'm now six and a half years cancer-free. And with that healing, God said, I'm going to heal you some more. And he put me in other situations where I had to keep healing me. And now he's told me, my ministry for you is to heal other people. You're going to help them pull out of the victim role and into the survivor role like you have done. But you're going to do it with grace and you're going to do it with me and you can't do it without me. And so that's what I'm doing now. And I just thank you all so much for your love and your support. And I thank my husband for his. But most of all, I thank God for finally showing me what my purpose is. And I just wouldn't have known it had I not gone through this journey. Thank you. Appropriately, we all sing. And all the earth will shout your praises. Our hearts will cry. These bones will Aline, who 
had cancer, has cancer. I got to see her about a week ago. And she is such a witness. She teaches me how to be a witness just because of how she is. She had cancer so bad that she had a large tumor totally around her colon and several tumors in her breasts. And just two days ago, they can't find anything in her breasts. And the tumor that was around her colon, they find some little piece floating around. She goes into surgery Tuesday so they can double check everything. But the main thing is, throughout this whole thing, her testimony on Facebook to so many people, her witness to so many people, including me, reminds me he's in charge. He's the one who takes care of us. It may be our time to go. It may be our time to stay and witness to many more people. As she just said about her cancer, we can do this only with him. your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only great are you Lord let's try this one more time just us. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, some great stories of healing we've heard great stories of God speaking will you write down specifically Father God I need he asks us to call on him
Father, I need. He loves to hear. I, I'm Cindy Eller, and I've had two amazing things happen this year, and and one of them, of course, is my fiance, Jim Rumsey. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Are you engaged? I am engaged. You're engaged, Cindy? I will be. <laughs> Just before you speak, Cindy, I was highly offended when Cindy did not personally call me and tell me she was engaged. <laughs> and I found out, like, on Facebook or something. So next time... No, you found out. When you get pregnant or something, you need to call me first. Whoa. Okay, that ain't happening. <laughs> um, I retired in the end of December in 18, and I asked God to help lead me into what he wanted me to do. I've been a nurse for 43 years, and that had taken up a lot of my time, obviously. And so I had a list, I still have it on my phone, a list of what I wanted to do during retirement. But I asked him to lead me, and in the middle of December, I was called and asked if I would, <laughs> I'm sorry, if I would, how as a teenager, oh my, I thought, oh goodness, my youngest is 39. <laughs> I haven't had a teenager. It's not much different. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it is. But you know, I'm going to keep this short. During the eight months that I did that, I was so blessed. I know most of you don't think teenagers are a blessing, but it was in my life. And I'm so glad that I said yes when God called me and led me to do that. Amen. Way to go, Cindy. There's nothing worth more Nothing That will ever come close Nothing can compare Our hope You're our living hope He is alive here Your presence I've tasted
hope you're all getting the theme that's happening here. Saying yes can be so scary. So hard. It's so freeing. You gotta do it. Whatever's on your heart right now, you gotta let it go. Tomorrow. For me, three weeks from now. A year and a half ago, I had the choice. choice in praising God no matter what. You got to praise him no matter what, you guys, because he's going to bless your socks off when you do. And even if you don't understand what's happening, or you can't change someone else, or it's hard to change gosh yourself. <laughs> We're all work in progress, so give yourself some grace. <laughs> Say yes to him. You're not going to regret it. You're not. And I'm so thankful that I said yes to him, and I told him I would counting at home, we've officially gone over to the three-person testimony limit. We've now done four, and we might go to noon. Let us become more aware of his voice. Let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your
for some of you. I'm sorry. It's good stuff. Could you help? Tell us us all. Um, My name's Christy. Um, Some of you might remember I shared a little bit back in April when I was baptized. Today it's just overwhelming to not get up after she spoke of expectations. Um, A couple of months after I got baptized, so probably June, I was driving to work one day, and I've been that girl, 25 years, rat race, executive level, I had to do the job, had to do the push, push for life, my drive, my plan, right? Driving in one day, overpoweringly new, Christy, this is your choice, what do you choose? And I quit. I had no idea what I was going to do. my husband he said if that's if you're that driven make your choice and so we talked to me taking some time off maybe a few months figure out what I want to do but God already had a plan I met a man through the senior coalition and became his caregiver something I've never done in my life he just needed someone to step in and make some dinners and clean the house and help him get around I thought, gosh, I could do that for a while while I figure out what I want to do. The first day I was with him, he was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and it was very progressive. And I've been with him for five weeks now. This weekend, both of his sons have come to town along with his grandkids, and it's the first time he's seen one of his boys in 20 years. And I held hands, and I prayed with that family yesterday. 
And I saw God in that room. So sometimes it doesn't work out the way you might want it to, but it works out just the way God plans it to. And no matter what the journey, God is good. And I am so blessed and I am so grateful to be in a position where I can even walk in this walk and sometimes I'm slow to learn. The day I got baptized, I sat there today and I thought my last words were, thy will be done. And let me tell you what, I don't get an expectation when I walk out there each day. And I don't know a plan and I don't know what the heck the day is going to be. But it's God's will. And I am so blessed. relationships, but uh, I finally, I finally just let go. I literally wrote down a hundred things I wanted in my future husband, and I gave it to God, and I said, I'm 
not going to look anymore. I'm done, God. You bring it to me. And, uh, and he did. And he did. And um, he brought he brought me the greatest man I've ever known to this day. Um, an incredible uh, father, husband, um, just man in general. Um, but it was because I had to let go. And what I didn't know was at the time I was letting go, he was also letting go. And um, he had to bring me, he had to bring him to places where we could be good spouses. Because neither of us were. We talk all the time about how if we had met each other years ago, we wouldn't be married now because we wouldn't have liked each other then. Um, so just know the, the praying through. Um, it takes time. God will work in you. You have to let him. You have to open yourself. You have to let your hands off of your life, off of your children's life, off of everything, your job. Um, and it that was that was the big one, and it has happened over and over and over again. And it has grown my faith in God so much, um, in my children, in my job, in my family, in everything. Um, and uh, as everyone has said, I just I beg you to do it. Um, it's so 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 freeing to lose control. amazing what we can learn from each other. This is real stuff. We're going to sing one more verse and we're going to eat fried chicken. Will you stand? We're filled with the wonder of you. say that you are holy, that you are way, way beyond our perspective, and you are way, way inside of us. Jesus, I ask that you will continue to do miracles, 
among us. That you will continue to reconcile marriages. That you will continue to lead us into deep waters. Father, we ask that your glory would be among us as it has this morning. That you would do a revival in our little town and our little county. And that this would be a lighthouse to those that are lost and addicted. To those that are far from you. Can we be a people and a place where they are found by you the grace of Jesus Christ? I ask all this in your name and not in our power, but in your power. The power of Jesus Christ. And we all said, Amen. Uh, in closing, we want to do something special for um, for Todd and Mia. And I don't know if you want to offer up some thanks to them for their leadership. We, we have these gifts for you. You're not leaving us. You're just adjusting a little bit. I am. You're kind of leaving us, but you are going to come back occasionally, right? <laughs> um, we, we, uh, while we're standing in closing, we just kind of wanted to surprise Todd with just one last song. And I want people that have been under his leadership at, at, on worship teams, whether you've been on worship team here or maybe you've been on worship team with him, at uh, Community Church. Uh, he doesn't know we're planning this song. We're just going to sing one last song. You know it well. And it's just sort of uh, honors his ministry as a worship leader. bless you 
May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace, and may he bless our lunch together. God bless you. Have an awesome day. Hallelujah.